1: but you will hear the expert thoughts and opinions of some of our real estate agents at Boston Connect Real Estate and the preferred professionals that we trust. Be part of our roundtable. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781-837-4900. We'd love to talk real estate. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and wherever you listen to podcasts at Talk Real Estate Roundtable. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me and my team or one of the dedicated agents at Boston Connect Real Estate to discuss your real estate needs, you can connect with us at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now sit back, relax, take good notes and let's talk real estate.
2: And hello to all our South Shore neighbors. You are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable on a Saturday. Yay, I love Saturdays. (laughs) On a Saturday. My name is Melissa Wallace, and I'm joined in our office studio here with the one, the only Sharon McNamara.
1: Good morning. Hey, hey. I got to tell you, it's been a week, huh? Yeah. So uh, we're we're live on the show. This is our third week on Saturdays with our one and only Tim, who is our main man over there at WATD. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning, Melissa. Good morning. We're so happy to be here with you. Um, Happy to have you. Um, but last week, um, we had, uh, yeah, I couldn't even wake up. I was so sick. And then Mark called Melissa and said, oh boy, we better call somebody to do the show. So I ended up almost going to the hospital, but, uh, I am on the mend with some heavy, heavy, heavy duty, um, antibiotics. So that's what we're doing right now. Getting through this kidney infection. Pretty bad. Yeah. Scary.
2: I don't know if I've ever had a kidney inspe- yes. inspection. Inspection? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's always good to get your kidneys inspected once a year, yes. Yeah. I'm Rotate so the tires. sleeping. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, you should get your... Kid- I, apparently, I should get my kidneys inspected, mm. but um, it was weird. It was like... You know, I just hadn't been feeling good, and I guess it's just one of those things where you should listen to your body because I, you know, I would never think that just, like, all my joints and everything was just, like, everything hurt. I could, every fiber in my body hurt, and I could not even get out of bed uh, last week. Really bad temperature and everything, and, um, yeah, probably should have let Mark bring me to the hospital, but can I tell you something? Mm. What a sad state that we're in. And again, this is the show is about real estate, but if for those of you who don't know us, we sort of digress a little bit. We're just, um, you know, talk a little bit about our personal stuff. But I told Mark, I'm so uncomfortable. I was in so much pain. I was so like dehydrated almost, well, I was, that I laid in bed and I said to him, Mark, I would lo- rather be uncomfortable in my own bed than laying in a hospital bed in a hallway somewhere, waiting to get into a room. Is yeah. that terrible state of mind that I had, like, that
2: we're in, that that's what we prefer to do? Um, I don't know. I mean, when I was in the hospital for, like, what, five days? Like, I just, like, all I wanted to do, I didn't even care about getting better. I just wanted to leave. Yeah. You know? But, and that was even before yeah. the, the pandemic, yeah. sort of. But yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I, I prefer not to. Yeah, <laughs> no. I think everybody
1: prefers not to, I guess, but... um. Um, but there are a lot other things that are a lot worse out there. So our prayers and everything, all those people who are going through something much more difficult than what I went through this past week. Uh, and I'd say today's like the first day that I actually feel like me again. I was like having this out-of-body experience.
2: So, um, So do you want to let everybody know what our topic is about? Yeah, so today we are going to be talking about um, and not just sort of preparing for putting a house on the market for the spring, but just spring maintenance, things that you should be sort of looking for, taking care of every year. Um, It's super important to sort of maintain the mechanicals of your house because that's how you're going to get the most life out of all of them. So we're going to be talking about all that fun stuff.
1: It's similar to when we talk about having a... um you know, when we tell people, you know, we have a home inspection. I mean, we're still of the mindset that having a home inspection is very, very important. And one of the things that I tell people is even with new construction, the home inspection isn't always necessarily just to tell you what's wrong with the property. Mm-hmm. It's to let you know how to run your property and to how to keep up the maintenance of your property. So. If you're like one of the average statistics, according to the National Association of Realtors, and you'll move every seven to 10 years, you want to make sure that you're keeping up with these maintenance issues. And one thing I see people do is like they move into their house, they don't do anything for 10, 15, 20 years, then they decide to put the house on the market and lo and behold, they're doing everything. So... um, you know, I think that just knowing what the basics are and the maintenance tips um, are important. So, those of you who are following us on Facebook, we are working on uh, the kink right now of trying to get the sound, and we'll be able to get that to you soon enough. Uh, but why don't we just get on the topic? However, If you would like to contact us with any questions, comments, it doesn't even have to be about this topic, but if you do have a um, a topic or question for us regarding real estate, uh, we would love to hear from you. Mel, you wanna give everyone the studio number?
2: Yep, it's 781-837-4900. Um, or Sharon likes to give her cell phone number out, and you can text her seven eight one two nine four four eight four eight. But we'd love to hear from everybody. This is sort of a new thing for us. We always do Tuesday nights at six fifteen to seven. Um, so the past couple of weeks, um, well, except for last Saturday, because. Um, we were. I was. I was tired. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, and Sharon was was sick. But um, we've been doing 10 to 11 on Saturdays. So um, this is a fun little thing that we're starting. Um, so okay, what, what are we talking about? We're preparing for not just spring market, but preparing for. I guess like getting the most out of your home. I kind of like that. Yeah. Getting the most good. out of your
1: home. Absolutely. Oh, making And making things last in your home, you know, so you don't have to have the constant upkeep and everything else that goes along with that. So um, that's what we're going to talk about. So, okay. Um Okay. So do you want to talk about exterior or interior first? Let's talk about the exterior first. So now that all the snow has melted and, um, you know, it's warmer outside... This is something that I didn't do ever. I've been in my I've been in the same house, by the way, thirty years. This November is that wild? Mm. Thirty years in the same house, and I paid one hundred and thirty-seven thousand dollars for my house. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. I couldn't I couldn't afford to buy my own house right now. I don't think. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um, but what um, a few years ago, to our listeners who have listened to our other shows and to our podcast, talk real estate roundtable podcast. Um, one of the things I've never done is really, like, circled my house. So it was probably three years ago, I had Kevin Senna, who is a painter. He was painting the exterior of our house, and... Um, you know, all the shingles and everything, and I was leaving to get to the office one morning, and he was on the side of the house, looking at my house to the left side, I would say, I never walk over there, Mm. I I really just have no reason to, it's just grass, and I don't cut the grass, so I'm never over there, and he was over there painting, and I wanted to tell him something, so I ran over, and I was like, hey, Kevin, like, blah, 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 and then I looked at my chimney, and it had this massive crack going through it, Mm to think that like Mark and I never saw this. Yeah. You know, so that would be my my number one tip
2: for everybody. It's now that it's getting a little bit warmer out, just do a circle around your house. Yeah. I would say and it's not just looking at that, but you're looking at the siding, looking at everything. There there are areas of your home that you never go in um and or go to if it's outside, but it just take a take a little walk around that. Even the sheds and stuff outside mm-hmm. in your garage. Now you have a um, detached garage. Yep. Um. And you know, when was the last time you were on the other side of the garage? Yeah, not that often. Yeah. So. Unless
1: I'm chasing Marley. Marley likes to hang out over there. Yeah. So. Or Tallulah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but Tallulah <laughs> ends up in the cranberry mm-hmm. bogs, to be quite honest. But um. um so. Yeah, that's, that is a very good point. And you know, the other thing too, is in our garage, we have like a attic space, but it's a pull down. So I never go up there. Actually, we just keep, you know, a lot of just like storage type things up there, but it's good to go up there and just make sure like over the winter, go up into your attic as well. I mean, I know we're talking about the exterior right now, but you don't know, maybe you had an ice dam that you weren't aware of over the winter. Maybe some water came through, look for that type, those types of signs. Um, but definitely check out your chimney and Mm -hmm. just, See if you can see anything. Um, look around your foundation. I know um, some of the maintenance tips we're going to talk about is pests. Like my pest company safety fumigant was out uh, this week as well. Um, and then, so let's start with maybe some landscaping. What are some landscaping tips?
2: Um, there. W- I feel like we've talked about this and I, it got brought up, I think maybe in one of... I was doing a final walkthrough um, on actually the house. I guess it wasn't even a final walkthrough. They were doing... Um, they they were planning something. They Whatever. But they I met with um, this buyer of um, one of your properties, um, your listing, and their agent, and they were talking about the landscaping on the outside and they asked why they had rocks and stuff like by like, the bottom of the... That's my phone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They asked why they had, like, rocks sort of, like, closer to the home and not, like, mulch. And they were explaining how, like, termites and um, fun little critters, like, live in in the mulch. And when they get... Um, what it can cause your foundation to to be more um, wet? Mm-hmm. so they they chose to put rocks. I yep. don't know if that's the the best way to do it or whatever. I'm not a landscaper. I don't know many things about yeah. that stuff, but um, <laughs> yeah, we use mulch,
1: but we make sure that the mulch is not m- touching, right? Yeah, 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 not too too close to the foundation because that brings in the bugs and then the bugs yeah. find the wood and then, yeah.
2: So, yeah, cause I know somebody who has like a window box um mm-hmm. right outside of their um, right outside of their window, obviously. but they- is that
1: why they call it a window box? Yeah, I think so. It's a flower box, right? In front of your window. Is it a window box? A window box? I guess so.
2: Yeah. Did I make that up? <laughs>
1: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, so they, but every, like, spring, like, they know when it's, like, getting warmer because they start to get little ants in the inside of their oh, yeah. window because they're, like, they're being disturbed outside in their mm-hmm. um, so their they, habitat. Their habitat. So, I'm like, oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I couldn't. Yeah, those little bugs, they get those in. little bugs, yeah. Yeah. Um, But even if you're preparing your house for the market, like curb appeal is super big. But you and I were talking the other day when we were like, does curb appeal even matter?
1: Literally, (laughs) we were talking about doing the show. And Melissa has been so patient with me because I really have been faded in and out all week. And, um... I was like, all right. So, what do you want to talk about? And I like gave her three different topics. She goes, don't you think that's a lot to try to get in? <laughs> I was like, it was three different topics. And then we started talking about curb appeal, and we both agreed, yeah, you don't, you don't really need it, but it, you know what? When you have pride of ownership, yeah. it's nice to have, right? Yeah. So, okay. So let's talk about some more of the landscaping things. So you were talking about the mulch, and to you know bring that back.
2: Yeah. Um, Well, I, I've I've been driving. Uh, a a lot lately and (laughs) and things are starting to bloom Mm. so things are starting to fall and you know you you gotta sort of and our grass is green have you seen their grass yeah the grass grass is green green here yeah grass is green so spotty there are yeah there are um you know things are changing out there so you gotta keep up so it's the um you know clearing everything from from the grass from from. But even when you're doing the grass and every everything that you've kept stored that you use for your exterior of your home, you have to make sure that all of those have been stored properly and they're all sort of in working condition. Mm-hmm. I know Mark obviously does a lot of the... Well, we have a landscaper that comes, but like yeah. Mark does all the plowing, he does like all the salt, he does a lot of the plantings, mm-hmm. um, so he, we have a little shed here at the office, and he has to sort of pull all that stuff out yeah. every year, make sure that that's all good, no critters are living in those things. Yeah, well, he was actually, We'll get, well, we'll get
1: to the plumbing when we get to inside, but he was at somebody's house, uh, summer house, and uh, they he found like four mice in the washing machine, Ew. So, yeah, we'll get to that, but you, when one of the things that you're talking about right now, too, is if you think about one, well, when we had a lot of snow that one, there was a couple times. Uh, so the town was plowing. We we're right on Mattakeset Street, which is basically Route 14 right in the center of town. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's only so many places you can put all that snow. So we came to the office one day and apparently the best place for our town to store everybody else's snow on Matakesa Street was on our front yard. Mm. So as that was melting, first of all, I was worried because, you know, we spent, I mean thousands of dollars at that blooming place this year. I'll give them a little plug with all of our hydrangeas, which we're so looking forward to coming up. And they put all that snow right there. Now I'm like, all right, what about all the salt that was in there? But as the snow was melting, Mark was finding chunks of other people's lawn in yeah. Our, our yeah. So, you know, you'll have to, you know, look close to your road and out by your mailbox and everything and see if anything is shuffled around that you have to take care of. Um, but I know right now the landscapers are going to be coming here today. They're at my house right now. But all the beds, I mean, before you can put down some nice fresh mulch, you want to make sure you get out all the leaves. If you have pine needles, that type of stuff, uh, you want to make sure that you go around and um, look for branches. So we had a lot of windstorms over the winter and a lot of snow and ice and um, a lot of tree limbs went down and you just don't touch them yourself. Now, I'm not asking anybody to get up on a ladder, but look to make sure. I mean, look up before you walk under these trees because if there are some limbs, you want to make sure you get them down. They don't call them
2: widow makers for no reason. Yeah, and speaking of looking up, uh, it's not about your lawn, but your roof. So when you're doing your walk around your house, I mean, how often do you look at your roof? Never, never. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. but somebody who has a home inspection or somebody who is, you know, looking, looking to do something with their roof might be driving around and looking at other people's roofs. Mm -hmm. Um, especially with, you know, trying to decide on color and all that. We just had our roof replaced last year, um, here at the office. And, um, you know, we we knew when we bought the building that it was going to have to be replaced at some point in the next couple of years, but. Um. And it wasn't leaking necessarily, but, mm-hmm. you know, at the time worked for us and it worked for the company that we used. And, you mm-hmm. know, we sort of just moved forward with that. Yep. But That was Falcone Roofing, by the way, out of
1: Pembroke. Uh, give them a plug as well. Another yeah. past client. I love doing that. If I have a client that is in a profession, I like to use them to do all my services. I like to keep it local.
2: Yeah. Um, but, I mean... I think maybe people might get a little nervous doing all this because they might find things that might need to be replaced. and you know the the costs to some of these things are are pretty big. I mean, it mm-hmm. could be expensive to. To replace your roof, it could be re- expensive to really replace anything, and mm-hmm. um, I think maybe avoidance might be like I know I avoid things because mm-hmm. I don't want to have to pay for them. But in general, when of the we day, do that,
1: right, then it ends up being more. Think about like if your car was making a sound, yeah, you know, instead of putting the radio up loud so you don't <laughs> hear it, maybe yeah. you make sure you maybe you just need a little oil, and then you have the radio
2: up loud, and now you need a yeah. whole engine block because one day it might not make a sound because it might not turn on ever, and then that's <laughs> that. And then you. Need a new car. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking at your roof, I would say um, that's an exterior thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of other things like just... Your it, gutters. Yeah. And also if you have um, like a brick walkway or if you have like mm-hmm. stone or anything like those things can come loose in the wintertime because water can get underneath them and then mm-hmm. the water can sort of shift them a little bit. Because it freezes. That's, yeah, yeah. And if, and it and it um, defrosts yep. and sort of shifts everything. Mm-hmm. So it's important to sort of do when you do your walk around. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any sort of stone or or brick or whatever outside, make sure that those are all nice and tight and still in their place and yeah. where they should be.
1: Yeah, and a lot of times people will put you know they put that extra like st- stone dust or something in them. I know we have to do that around the pool this year. Um, so, um... And power washing. Yeah. Well, that's the one thing when we were talking about the roof. I know another company that I use that I like to give a plug. I know they do uh, commercials on WATD is Instabrite? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my agents, or our agents actually, asked me recently who I suggest for power washing. And power washing your roof is a very, very... um you shouldn't do it really um, you, unless you're professional at doing it so and with the shingles on the side of your house because you know those power washers are very powerful so you definitely don't want to get in a position where you are taking more of the shingle off than the mold mm-hmm. um, you don't want to take a lot of the asphalt off of your roof. One of the things I love about Instabrite, obviously this is what they do um, and it's really it's it's relatively inexpensive, inexpensive for a maintenance item i mean i think i do my house once every five years Mm -hmm. they come they do the roof and it's like a um sort of a chemical that they put on it's 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 not um hazardous chemical um but then like as the sun beats on it it dries and then it will flake off rather than trying to power wash it off Mm -hmm. and they do the same thing they did we had them at the office a couple of years ago remember and we did all Mm -hmm. the vinyl siding and everything like that so um i think that that's a good idea to do i have to do that over at our other property too
2: yeah, but those, see, those are maintenance things that will increase the life expectancy of your roof, of your siding, of everything. And I know, like, some people. Or if you say, okay, my roof is, you know, I just replaced my roof. It's, you know, good for 30 years. It's only good for 30 years if you maintain it. (laughs) Exactly. Anything is only good for the life expectancy that it's been given by somebody else or a a company if you maintain it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. but yeah, that, and I feel like that goes for everything.
1: Yeah, it does, and that's you know what our goal is is to make things last. I mean, there have been homes that I have had, you know, maybe a 20-year-old roof, and the person has taken the time to take care of it. And someone says, oh, but you have a 20-year-old roof, but it isn't leaking, and it has a lot of good life still left in it. And I always say, "What we price our houses according to the condition that they're in. Um, So that's we're still on the exterior. Again, you're listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. My name is Sharon McNamara. I am the very proud owner of Boston Connect Real Estate. We service all of the South Shore, South Coast, Boston area, Metro, and down the Cape. We're just about everywhere. Um, And we have a lot of wonderful full Time agents here at our office. Uh, the number here is 781 826 8000. If you ever need assistance, feel free to give us a buzz. Um, and today's topic is spring maintenance tips, hmm?
2: I mean, whether you're thinking about selling your house or not. Sharon, you have a pool. I do. And you've already opened your pool. Yes. <laughs> so, what, is some, what are some tips that you would give somebody who's opening their pool for a spring market? Not everybody
1: opens. Um, opens um we open it early i close it late and i open it early i like to look at it i don't like looking at the pool cover it's something that brings me joy so mark surprised me last weekend i think it was and um i came home maybe it was the weekend before and he had opened the pool so i was really excited about that um I don't do anything with the pool, so I always suggest, I'm fortunate, I'm married to a plumber, he knows how to do those things. But a lot of people use companies. We use Sunshine Pools. Uh, there are a lot of great pool companies in the area that a lot of our clients use as well. Um, but you know, once you get that pool covered off, you get all the big debris out, and you wanna get your water over to your pool company, have them test it, we throw in some shock and uh, I mean, really the rest is all done by itself <laughs> that's all I do <laughs> nature I mean, takes its course yeah I mean the hard part is you know getting all the lawn furniture out cleaning the lawn furniture you know getting out all the landscaping like the pots and mm-hmm. flowering pots and cleaning out the cabana and getting the refrigerator working getting the water running in the refri- in refrigerator and everything in the cabana so it's a lot of like upkeep that way I have a question for yeah. you yeah
2: mm. okay uh, some. what would be your advice to somebody who's thinking about putting their house on the market for the spring and they have a pool? Would you suggest that they open it
1: yeah, or not open it? I think they should. I think, and, and for a couple of reasons, one, I think it looks prettier. Mm-hmm. And two, I think that the buyer, I'm a big advocate when our clients are putting a house on the market is let the buyer see what it's going, what it is, right? So, Uncover the pool. They want to see the vinyl. They want to see if it's gunite. They want to see if any repairs need to be made. I say open it. Similar to if you're going to be putting in a new septic system. I know a listing that we're going to be uh, putting on pretty soon. It's going to have a raised system. I'm like, put it in. Let people know what they're going to be buying before you yeah. go through the process. Because nobody wants a three-foot mound in their front yard as a big surprise. Yeah. So I think it's a benefit for buyer and seller. Um, because one thing you don't want, even though I work prelim, preliminarily, preliminary, primarily, primarily for sellers, like I'm a very strong listing agent and Mary works with a lot of uh, all of our buyer clients. Um, she, I think I'm always looking at the perspective of the buyer because I'm going to bump into you and in stop and shop. I always say this, I'm not ducking in the produce aisle yeah. because somebody feels they got taken advantage of. So let the people know what they're buying and then it isn't going to come back on you as a seller.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think I we're going to be taking a break, right? Oh, okay. Can we? Um, we we also have a phone call. We have John from
0: Marshfield standing by.
1: Perfect. We will take John's call, and after that, we'll go to our break. Hello, John. How are you?
0: Real good, and Sharon. I'm glad you're feeling better.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, me too, <laughs> by the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'll, I'll, I, I, I remi- remi- to get my kidney inspection next time I get
1: the <laughs> John! Yeah.
0: Can I you please, know, share, please <laughs>
1: share that with your doctor the and next time And top off you the down. fluids,
0: John. <laughs> I, I will,
2: yeah. Okay, hopefully they good. can
0: package that all together yeah. and get a deal. <laughs> yeah. the, the spring oh, service special.
2: I'm never going to yeah. live that one down.
0: Yeah. I know. No, that's great. Um, yeah. Hey, you, I, I talked with you a few months ago, and you want okay. me to call Call you back on your show, and like I tuned in and you weren't on, and I kind of forgot to call back. And so I listened this morning and heard you again. So I, I wanted to finally return the call that you <laughs> wanted me to make months ago.
1: Well, thank you for tuning in. So did, were you tuning in on a thir- on a Tuesday night? Yeah, yeah.
0: And I just happened—I don't know if I hit a, a replay or, or but whatever—you weren't you weren't on, and so uh, I, I should have kept coming back each night, but I didn't. Um, uh, so.
1: Yes, you should always come back. We're always here. Yeah, so We're always here. <laughs> now we're here but twice I'll, a week. Yeah. I don't know if WATD listener land can stand that, but uh, we are. <laughs> so how have you been for the past few months? Do you have any like specific questions or ideas or suggestions regarding real estate and our topic today with maintenance items? Uh,
0: not about maintenance items, but you and I had talked. It, interesting, you thought my theory was accurate, and I think... We've lived through it, which is amazing. I thought it would take years, and it's actually taken weeks to get to where I thought we'd be, which is, I I don't know if you remember, but I I advised my son to lock Mm. into a mortgage, a 30-year fixed rate at two Mm. and seven-eighths, buying a new home for probably more than he should have paid for it. But, Mm. you know, sometimes when you look at problems, you have to invert to get the answer. Like, we always say, oh, gee, it cost X, what does that mean in terms of like payment, right? Mm-hmm. So I took it the opposite way. I said, okay, what's the payment and where does that get in terms of price? And let the market ch- charge whatever it wants. But like, if we, the thing about real estate is we don't have the option of not living in a place. You know, we could,
1: Recording in I could progress. choose not
0: to buy stocks or bonds, right? But I, I, I need a place to live. Like, homelessness is not an alternative for me. neither. No, so, <laughs> right? So, so if we assume that, this is something that we have to do, whether we Recording want to or stopped. not. Recording mm-hmm. stopped. What? Sorry. So, So, like, the default is, in this case, it was like 2800 a month for rent. So I'm thinking, okay, for 3300 we could own a brand-new house with a lawn, with everything brand new, and we lock in that payment, except for obviously the adjustment to property taxes, insurance over time, to pretty much not much more than you're paying for rent. And like, I don't know if that means that 600000 is a good price or 500000 is a good price, but I like that payment. Yeah. And, we're, and the thing I told him at the time, and you said, like, you totally agreed with me on this, was years from now, he's going to say, I don't know if I like my home, but I can't give up this mortgage. Yep. <laughs> and we're there. Oh, I, you and I thought it might be several years. We're there. Mm-hmm. You can't leave, not because you, because of your house, because you cannot give up essentially a real after real money rate of zero. Like for a two to three percent inflation rate, two and seven eighths is. Really zero. Yep. Yeah. So, so what does this mean in terms the, thing of like is the
1: market, you made, you were such, you know what, and I'll tell you, a lot of times parents are not given the best advice. <laughs> so, because, I mean, think about me, like, I bought my house 30 years ago. I'm in the same house. So, if I wasn't in this industry and saw what was going on every single day, the advice I gave my kids would probably be a lot different. I paid $137,000 for my house. Right. But, you know what, you were so, um, sort of ahead of the curve by giving him the advice that you did, because it's like the stock market with real estate. Like I can tell you exactly where the market is right now. I can tell you where the rates are roughly right now, but I have no idea what tomorrow will bring. And you were so, and you know, the thing is, is, Maybe some people are gamblers. That's the only way I can put it. Is like they're just sort of waiting because they feel like I don't know if it's FOMO, like the fear of being left out. Is that what it's called? I think right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The fear of being left out, or that they're gonna miss a better opportunity, or the rates are gonna drop again. Well, here's the thing, folks. If the rates ever dropped from two point, what'd you say, two point seven five?
0: 2.87, yeah, two and, 2
1: and 7 eighths. Yeah, so if, if it had dropped from there, I mean, I don't know how much further buy, it could have yeah. dropped, right? Let's just yeah, say it yeah. got to 1%. He still could have refinanced. Now, everybody who waited, now, you, you, if you could afford a $500,000 house last week mm-hmm. or the week before, because, based like you're saying, this is what my payment is, you are probably right. affording a $400,000 house today. Yep. So... People were out there and they were, you know, they're waiting and waiting and not like, oh, I'm not going to overbid. I'm not going to do this. And we get it. That's called emotional value. But now you're getting $100,000 less house (laughs) with the same payment. So I'm so happy that it worked out for your son.
0: In his case, he told me if he got the same price, which oh by the way was hundred thousand dollars less than it is today, and he got it with thirty thousand down, but that was all pure bonus that we never saw coming, that I'm not gonna take a victory against on because that's just a ludicrous market. But the reality yeah. is everything he can control, he did. And he told me he said if I paid the same price for the same house, it would be six hundred fifty dollars a month more, more and he wow. closed on it eleven months ago.
1: Yep.
0: It it, it is I mean that's unbelievable.
1: It is unbelievable. And, you know, the thing is, is generally what we see is... Things are fast and furious. uh, I'm definitely not a medical person, so I don't know why I'm gonna use this, but I remember having my second baby, they gave me Pitocin, that was to induce me, and then they call it fast and furious. That's generally what will happen in a market, right? It isn't, like, when you see the bigger things, it's like Mm. suddenly, oh, the bottom fell out. You know, like, and it's almost like people weren't watching or they weren't listening. I'm so glad you listened to our show. (laughs) So you know well well, before it happens.
0: Yeah, exactly. I I agree 100%. And, you know, everybody looks at what is the cost of a house? And, again, excluding the property tax and insurance, et cetera, it's the price you pay times the interest rate you're paying. Both are equally important and both are critical. And, you know, even Warren Buffett has said, in a world of 0% interest rates, everything has infinite value. Inflation and interest rates are like um, they they either raise or, or or decrease. They're like it's like gravity. Mm-hmm. And what you had there is and the one thing I'll mention is, is I noticed this and, and, and now it's it's definitely proven true, is everybody talked about during the pandemic, we all know the Fed cut rates to zero percent, right? Mm-hmm. Which which is overnight cost of funds, which doesn't really affect people directly because most people don't borrow for one day, but it does affect short term rates for sure. Mm-hmm. What they did that's much more significant, and people don't talk about this, is not the interest rate cut, but what's called quantitative easing. That means the Fed was literally buying hundreds of billions of dollars of mortgage securities to drive the price up and drive the yield down artificially. Mm -hmm. That stimulated the economy way more than 0% interest rates. And the Fed bought a third of all the securities that exist, so it's a, it was a fake market. Mm-hmm. Investors weren't saying, pay me two and, eight, seven, two and seven, eight for a 30-year debt. They'd be crazy to do that. Yep. But the Fed did. Yep. And they bloated their balance sheet to trillions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Which is, benefited- that, is it their
1: balance sheet or is it our balance sheet? Oh, maybe we shouldn't get into politics.
0: <laughs> we, we own it. Yeah, it's, we own it's it. Ours. <laughs> yep. And now yeah. comes the painful part, not necessarily of raising interest rates, to 25 or 3%, which will be not great, but kind of normal. The biggest thing is for the first time, the Fed's going to start unwinding that. Mm-hmm. And, but, but again, the, the, the beneficiary of that clearly was everybody who wanted to get a mortgage. That was artificially low. Mm-hmm. And you know and, what and ended we're up happening, now too. And it feels, it feels like we're, you know, we're, we're like driving a car that's been driving 20 miles per hour. Now, now we're going 40. It feels like we're speeding. Okay. Five and a quarter is like normal.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, mine was, I think, eight when I had purchased in 1992. Yeah. But you know, the other thing that had sort of happened, and I love having these conversations, too, makes my mind think, is you know, we've had a problem for the past few years on inventory. And I think that we're going to have even a bigger problem with inventory because of the interest rates going up. So what I had seen is, especially during COVID, right, people were staying home. They didn't want to sell, you know, their bigger homes. So, like, you need that. You know, it's like the circle of life, right? So, you you know, you need the the four-bedroom colonial people to move on so the people, you know, moving up can. So... What happened was a lot of people refinanced with those low, low rates. They were like, you know what? We're not ready to move (laughs) quite yet, so we're going to refinance. Now we're in a two, I think mine is like 2.35 is what we refinanced. Yeah, fixed. So you're not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. I'd be crazy to even. I mean, I've been there thirty years, so um, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not going anywhere. Um, yep. But yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. Now all these people who did refinance and they have these low rates, even let's just say three, three percent, four percent, those people now are going to say, um, I am not going to sell my house and buy a lesser house for a bigger mortgage. So. Correct. My prediction, and you heard it here, is that yep. we're going to have a bigger issue with inventory come fall.
0: I completely agree. And, and another factor, I heard another realtor, and I'm not, I'm not in the business, and I appreciate your, your perspective, but I heard another yes. realtor say a couple of people have canceled the planned sale of their home because mm-hmm. they're looking to move down and mm-hmm. take equity out of their house but they'd still need a new mortgage and they didn't mm-hmm. want to trade a 3% mortgage for a 5 and a quarter percent mortgage so even people looking to move down
1: mm-hmm.
0: are thinking yeah but i don't know i think i'd rather just kind of stay put here and keep this mortgage yeah
1: absolutely and, and, the and other i call right sizing
0: <laughs> right which yeah. which economically is like a a, a flat line mm-hmm. um, but, but the, the question I have is you're totally right. Like the key to price discovery, because when you're buying an asset like a house, you're thinking, man, am I like overpaying or whatever or getting screwed? Um, when you have a situation like this, I would argue it's impossible to get proper price discovery because volume, mm-hmm. you know, if we have a thousand houses like yours that sell, I could tell you within a thousand dollars what it's worth. Yeah. But like, if, if you live in a neighborhood where there's one house sold in the last two years and it was to someone who was in a cash transaction who was drinking, all of a sudden the value of your entire neighborhood is way higher.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It, and It's fake. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know what, like, we, we, like, don't, how do you tell what, like, intrinsic value, what is, what is a house worth in a, in a low volume market? Driven, by the way, with cash transactions now, too, which yeah. makes it even more difficult because the one thing that always keeps everybody honest is, like, the appraisals and assessments and all that stuff. But, like, mm-hmm. if people pay in cash just mm-hmm. writing checks mm-hmm. and there aren't many transactions, like, what is everything worth?
1: Exactly, and that is a really difficult, you know, situation that we've been going through because I'm using the last six months of data of sold properties that's similar. So, if you have a four bedroom colonial, I'm looking at similar four bedroom colonials with the same condition, location, and um, you know, style. So that that's how I'm doing my comparisons. The last six months. The problem is. <laughs> We, we have a market value, but then there's this new thing that I coined a year ago, over a year ago, right, Mel? Mm-hmm. Emotional value. I do oh. not have any type of indicator or gauge that could ever, <laughs> ever, ever tell me, measure what that emotional value is. It's what that person is willing to, to give for that property. And I'm telling you, last year, I called it reckless. This year, I think it's just as reckless. Um, and... Because, P- and, and we had a caller a couple of weeks ago and she got a little upset with us. We didn't mean to say it was the fault of the buyers that this was happening, but this is why it's happening. We have a $500,000 house on the market. So we have five, let's just say it started with five offers. But by the way, we're seeing 40 offers on properties. Most of them have 15 or more. So still? Still. Still seeing multiple offers, yes, because there's no inventory. So we have a house on the market for $500,000. We end up getting five offers. This is where it started um, probably a year and a half ago, two years ago. All right, I'm going to give you five twenty-five. And then another person says, all right, I'm, they're going to do cash. So the 525 person loses out to a cash buyer, like you just Correct. said. Okay. Now yep. they go to the next one. Or let's just say they're on house number eight with their eighth offer. They're like, all right, yep. I know I can't do cash. So, all right, I, um, I'm going to do 850, and I'm going to waive my home inspection. All right, everybody got on that bandwagon. So now uh-huh. people were losing out to that. Now we're seeing people who are giving up their home inspections, their mortgage contingencies, their, um, Melissa, we had one agent, I'm going to let Melissa tell this story. We had one of our agents, Kristen uh, Hallett, who's actually watching us on Facebook right now. She had Fifteen offers on one of her properties. One of my favorite ones was tell everybody what oh, they the offered. Recently? in there, in her offer. This is no lie. This is what buyers are, are, have decided to do. Yeah,
2: everyone, everyone who listens to our show knows that I sort of help some of our agents go through their offers, organize everything, get it all nice and, and nice and tidy. Um, but one of the offers offered um, two Patriots tickets. They they must have season tickets because yep. they gave specific seat numbers and everything to any game of the season. Yep. Um, a six month subscription to Beer of the Month Club, six month subscription to Coffee of the Month Club, uh, 12 month subscription to Bark Box. So, the you know, these buyers went around the house and said, oh, they yeah. have this, this, and this. They must love coffee. They must love beer. beer. They have two dogs. Like oh, you know. So they were trying to come up with it. The, unfortunately, their offer did not get accepted because of the other terms that were in uh, the <laughs> offer. But it just sort of... Uh, uh, but it yeah. makes you feel bad for those yeah. buyers. Right, because I, you know, they're giving. Although I don't feel bad for anybody who has season
1: tickets to anything (laughs) to the Bruins. Right, I mean, not to the Bruins. Um, I have Bruins on my mind to the Patriots. But you know, this is where we are. This is this is how the buyers are like. They're trying anything now. This is another thing. You know what? It's so funny because I have to go back to some of these shows because, like, earlier I gave you a prediction of what we're going to see in the fall, right, with even lower inventory. I had predicted last year something that was making me very nervous in our industry was we were making a very clear delineation between the have and the have-nots when it came to housing. That's I'm on mm-hmm. the affordable housing in Pembroke. And I'll tell you, there's nothing affordable about housing right now. And yeah. if you don't have a lot of money to put down, like you said you don't have a chance.
0: And what we, I, I, you are so right. And you know, we've seen housing markets that were greed takes over. I would argue, and I think you're making the case, the, this is not greed by the buyers. This is economic necessity. Mm-hmm. These people need a place to live. And they can't afford the cheapest available houses. And we live in a world right now with extremely low volumes driven by cash transactions. But I'm sorry, that hijacks the market from reality. It hijacks it from appraisals, any mm-hmm. realistic assessment of value. Mm-hmm. And you can't blame the buyer because, as we said at the outset, you can decide to buy stocks and bonds or a car or whatever. You need a place to live. Yep. hmm
1: and it's it's constant too, you know what I mean? Because we see, I mean, we call it all the things that begin with a D, right? So there's divorce, there's disability, and there's death. So those are all reasons why people are moving, right? And those, so those transactions still have to happen, right? Because we are seeing, you know, like you said, you need a place to live, and. I just think that the delineation of, you know, I see these first time home buyers and, you know, they're just so deflated, they have buyer fatigue. I'm starting to see agents in the industry who are fatigued as well, getting a little resentful. Um, I'll be honest, I'm seeing a lot of sellers who, um, you use the word greedy and I'll agree with that. It's, um, you know, um, we're in this constant battle. I know that um, Mary Baker, Melissa and I's team member, along with the Flynn team, Trish and Nick Flynn, did the show on Tuesday night we were talking about the value of our profession and what we bring to the table as a real estate agent. But, you know, people are like, oh, I can just put a sign in my front yard. And what do I need you for? And I want to cut your commission. And <clears throat> somebody asked me to recently do that. And I said, I'm sorry, I can't devalue the value of my team. But rather than thinking about, you know, what the compensation is for me to get paid to do my job and to do it very, very well. I mean, I have so many resources to market homes. The radio show is one, you know, um, and huge social media. I own all the Boston, I mean, all the Pembroke Connect, Marshfield Connect. I, ha- I own all those pages. And I just can't, like, I would never go up to a dentist and say, oh, you know what? I think that you get paid too much. So um, I, I really think I'm going to go you know, to somebody else because they're willing to reduce their compensation. I get but that. You know, we in can a way, do you're
0: kind it. of a victim here. Yeah, because this heart this crazy market that's been hijacked by a handful of cash buyers willing to pay anything has basically hurt you. Mm-hmm. To say you talk about the the, dental, the the dentist comparison. Imagine if dental rates were set by one dentist who only sold to people who did cash transactions who didn't care how much they paid.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. In a way, I've asked you a, a if in dentists process. do discounts if you pay cash. I've asked that before. <laughs> Cause some do. If you could get the cash and get a little discount.
1: Hopefully but, the IRS isn't listening. No. Um,
2: yeah, but it, it is, and,
1: it's, and I understand people, but that's the thing. It's like, okay, I'm literally telling you that we'll potentially get you offers over what the market. We definitely will. We're going to get them over what the market value is. And by we have a very high percentage of that happening, and then you want me to reduce what my value is. And I just, and and agents are willing to do that, unfortunately, because there's such a lack of inventory that they are looking at it differently. But for us, I don't, I want to have the professional photography, I want to have the drones, I want to have you know, the, the nice flyers and to do a good job and market to all the people. So I can get the most amount of people. So we want people yeah. to concentrate, not on what our compensation is, but what your net is. And I promise you at the end of the day, that little percentage that you're worried about, you're not even going to feel it because I'm going to make you a hundred thousand dollars over that.
2: <laughs> I, um, I covered a, um, a smoke inspection this week for one of your properties mm-hmm. And thank you, by the way. Um, and I sh- showed up, and the whole it was like the whole squad's fleet, whatever <laughs> of of um, the fire department came, <laughs> oh. and um, there was five guys. So then they come through the house, and they asked me what it was on the market for, and I their jaws were like on the floor. They're like, "How much did they get for this?" Obviously, we can't give the number, but so what I said was, "Well, um, I can't tell you how much it's selling for, but I can tell you that there were multiple offers on it, and they." They were like one of the guys said um, oh my gosh like i i want to sell my house i have pretty much the exact same house i'm sitting on a gold mine clearly but i would have nowhere to go that's the problem right just like you had said right
0: right yeah there, there, mm-hmm. there's literally no option one thing i, I did want to mention you i was down in florida and um you know, they have this issue compounded by the fact they all, that they also have a huge in-migration of population. Like, mm-hmm. we have this problem with pretty much nobody moving here because there's literally nothing for sale. Down mm-hmm. there, they're building like crazy on mm-hmm. every block with all sorts of new inventory, and yet it can't remotely keep up with the amount of people who are moving down there. I
1: was yeah, what- in Fort Myers. I heard like 650 people a day or something was crazy <coughs> for, like, moving there.
0: <laughs> so if you're building 300 new houses every day, you're not keeping up. And that's mm-hmm. pretty much what's going on there. There's something that's going on down there, and I want to ask you if this is, like, legal or ethical. But I talked to a guy down there who went and found the house of his dreams, went, gave a deposit. They said, yeah, we're going to we'll sell you this as is. for. We're going to build it for $550,000. They come back to him two months later because it took that long to get a permit because of COVID, et cetera. And they said, by the way, it's $25,000 more now. Mm-hmm. Can you, if you give a deposit, doesn't that kind of lock you into a price or does it not?
1: It, it certainly does not. I mean, nothing is final. He probably didn't even pick out all of his finishes and everything yet. So we do a lot of new constructions. We have a new 92-lot subdivision. But if someone gives us a reservation, things happen. But what we're seeing a lot, and this started last year, too, as the cost of items were going up. Um, the, a lot of times the purchase and sales agreements will put in there that if, you know, the product or the materials go up exponentially by a certain percentage, it's already sort of figured out. Um, mm-hmm. Because, I mean, and and here's the thing is, I I think that I'd rather see that people have to do that, I mean, just to keep up with the cost of what things are, rather than seeing a lot of unfinished developments, because (coughs) you would hate to see that, because if the builder isn't going to make any money... He isn't going to be able to pay his subs. His subs aren't going to come. These houses aren't going to be done. And then we're just going to have, you know, a lot of ghost towns that are just there. So we certainly don't want that. And I was down there and I was in Fort Myers and um, I was looking, we went went into one house and It was interesting because if this was a Boston Connect agent, he would have been fired on the spot. (laughs) Um, But we just walked in and I was just like, hey, just want to let you know I'm a broker from Massachusetts. And, you know, just sort of looking and I don't even know what the price is house reeked of cigarette smoke and it was on for 1.1 million dollars right unbelievable like, yeah unbelievable like it was the smallest little thing that you've ever seen in your entire life on a little canal and he's like yeah he goes i'll tell you though it's on for 1.1 the sellers are unrealistic it really should be on for like 6.95 <laughs> and i was like it you would be fired like your job is to sell this house um it was just really interesting but he said you know what somebody drove up didn't even come into the house said Tell your client that I will give them an offer of 950 cash. I'm tearing it down. I don't even need to see what's inside.
0: Unbelievable. They, did,
1: they didn't accept it. <laughs> because they were only on the market a week and they were on for 1.1. 1. 1. That's what I mean about the greed sort of over is overtaking people and like, you know, back to my example about, you know, people trying to beat me up on, you know, what our value is. I'm sorry like I can't work for free. This job like we don't get compensated until something sells and we do so much hard work but the the bigger thing is is if you know I'd rather be home with my family, (laughs) you know what I mean, (laughs) than working for free. If I'm, you know what I mean.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'd rather be doing something else. So it's it's interesting to see this come about because, like I said, when when I talked to you several months ago, you and I both looked into a crystal ball, and and you said you completely agreed with me that you know the level of interest rates then and the inventory is going to lead to a Mm -hmm. real inventory crisis compounded. because of that tethering to the mortgage. And, mm. yeah, there's just a lot of factors coming together here that, that are, are kind of depressing when you think about inventory.
1: It, it really is, and I don't see a way out of it
0: right now. I do. And, there's there's well, one way that's always worked for the last 50 years. What is that? that? Recession. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know what? I hate to say this, but I, I'm starting to think from the financial markets... To the, to the housing market that the, the whole economy kind of needs to flush out. And the mm-hmm. recessions aren't the end of the world. They happen every 10 years. Yep. But they reset to normal. The yep. only way you're going to get inventory here is if you've got people who've got to sell their house because they got canned. let's be, I mean, it, it, it's insensitive, yep. but mm-hmm. it's always worked that way but don't you
1: think too this is the difference oh my gosh we should like have coffee like every saturday here right so we only have a couple we only have a couple minutes left so definitely listen in next week too so um but one of the things is um you were starting to say something and now i lost my train of thought on that one with the recession yeah oh gosh i forgot what i was going to say but anyways with the um one of the things that we to see more inventory We, to build more houses. Down in Florida, there's a lot of land, right? A lot of flat land, right? So they don't even have to worry about like taking down trees and doing everything. One of the issues we have in our area up here in the Northeast is the cost to build anything is like astronomical, to go through the permitting process, the engineering process, you know, dealing with town boards, you know, the the cost just to put in roads and utilities. And that's the reason why... And now, like, increased value of land, that's why the houses that you're seeing, they're, you know, bigger styled homes because they can get more money. But we need these little developments with, you know, ranches and capes and so we can start sort of flushing some people through. But, you know, I have to... Thank you so much for your call. We got our cue music here. Uh, That means that we literally just went through uh, our whole entire show. And I can't thank you enough for all of your comments. And we hope that you will listen to us again next week. And Mel and I will be back. Yeah, we'll be back on Tuesday, 6.15, live. Maybe next Saturday, live. I like doing my Saturdays live. So, Tim, thank you so much for a great Saturday. And happy Easter to everybody. And thank you to our listener. Have a good day, everybody.
0: P.D. F.M. Marshfield. W.B.M.S. Brockton.